1: Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion,
0: drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. You're listening to the Go-Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds.
1: Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer, and with me as always, my guy... The man who I am so grateful takes the time out of his schedule to talk to me each week about our silly love of fantasy football. But I guess if you're listening to this, you probably feel the same way. The man, the myth, the legend, the co-owner over at footballguys.com, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. What is up, brother?
2: Oh, just breathing in week one. Ah, oh, there's so much. And as a week one's go, it was a really good one. It was a revealing one. A lot of points scored, a lot of offense. That's the lifeblood of fantasy football. And also just some things that uh, advanced some storylines that we were following, reversed some storylines, created new storylines, uh, thrilling, chilling moments. And, you know, and then, then for the Eagles, just a replay of a game they had, uh, you know, less than a year ago.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. It was like a carving copy, except with one more chance at the end and even the play at the end, the opposite side of the field, but uh, almost reminiscent of that Julio play last year, and uh, definitely crazy. For Eagles fans, certainly fun to uh, to kick back our heels a little bit and, uh, and enjoy the first day of the NFL season, not being a part of it, because you already want to know. That was a very cool feeling. And how about James Conner Nation?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, two out of three on the pit running backs, have, uh, Deion Lewis and James Conner. Not so much LeSean McCoy, but Conner... Yeah. This was a great story. And, you know, we can go back, James, to the uh, draft last year. Whenever the Steelers drafted James Conner in the late third round, it was earlier than was expected. You know, cancer survivor, but hadn't gotten all the way back to the form he had in his freshman year, which you are seeing now. And uh, it was a, a local kid, well, eerie, but local college football kid, and a story that you felt that uh, synergy – You felt that circuit close and where Le'Veon Bell has gone on the wrong side of now, you know, just as a quick fantasy football note, I mean, I I don't think we're going to see him until week 10 at this point. And I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to, I mean, I don't think we're going to see Le'Veon Bell getting 90, 95% of the touches anymore. We may not even see him getting more than 50% of the touches the way that James Conner's playing.
1: Yeah. It's a crazy thing to think about. And I still think while, as well as Conner played, I think the O-line certainly helped him out a lot and, I think that Le'Veon Bell is still a better player. But, yeah, it's a really interesting situation. And at this point you wonder, and I know Adam Schefter had the report that uh, expecting it by the end of the month potentially for Lev Bell to come in. But it's one of those things where at this point it's like, why would you come in until week 10, week 11 if you're trying to preserve your body? You know, what? why? So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think James Conner watching him over the next couple of weeks until – Potentially Lev Bell gets there a dozen is going to be a really interesting situation. Certainly was not lost on me the way the offensive lineman went crazy celebrating that first touchdown. If that didn't feel like a message, I don't know what does. Uh, As always, for those who don't know, Sigmund and I will dive in and cover every single game on this week's slate. Follow him on Twitter. At Sigmund Bloom, Sigmund, let's dive in. Not as uh, not as at least certainly for us, but in general, not as sexy a uh, Thursday night matchup as we have going on. Well, tonight here, as the uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a ton of fantasy goodness in this one, Zygmunt.
2: No, but we're going to look to see how Baltimore plays against a team that can actually compete. Uh, we're going to measure in both of these sides. You know, Cincinnati's offense against Indianapolis. Week two, we isolate the situations where that second data point is going to be really insightful, and that's going to be for the Baltimore defense, for the Cincinnati offense, uh, even for the Baltimore offense. And uh, you know, Alex Collins is going to bounce back. Uh, Joe Mixon. Is he really fantasy royalty? Uh, Andy Dalton. and is, is it, Can we really trust this offense this year? It was a, a good showing, but it was Indianapolis. So uh, a lot of things to watch here. It looks like we got three tight ends, three wide receivers uh, that can be part of the passing attack in Baltimore, although Joe Flacco is looking good. And even some Lamar Jackson mixed in. So I think people are going to be excited to see that.
1: Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson certainly, at least for Ravens fans, the future in many of their eyes. Quick question, just a follow-up there. Alex Collins, of course, the fumble gets kind of benched almost. Uh, are you worried at all about that?
2: No, I may, maybe a little worried that this offense might tilt more pass heavy. And we may see Buck Allen in more of a committee in that scenario. If that's really the best angle for them. But Alex Collins was treated like the clear starter, even with that fumble, just didn't play much last week because the game got out of hand. And if Buffalo has a strength on defense on their team, it's the run defense.
1: All right. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday slate, starting with a, an interesting one. A couple of banged up teams here on opposite sides of the ball is the Carolina Panthers heading to take on the Falcons, Carolina, of course, Greg Olson out for a good while, maybe the season, Darrell Williams likely out for the season, and on the flip side, Keanu Neal and Dion Jones jones out, at least for eight games or whatever, and Neal for the year, uh, how do you see these injuries affecting this game, and how do you see this game playing out in general?
2: Well, I still think Carolina's going to have offensive utility, but without Greg Olson, that could free up more targets for Christian McCaffrey. Without Keanu Neal and Dion Jones, those are two of the guys you're going to match up with in space to have the athleticism and the game to hang with the Christian McCaffrey. So, McCaffrey could have a big game through the air. We'll see if North Turner does the rational game plan. Maybe Devin Funchess uh, being more of a clear-cut number one target in the downfield passing game without Greg Olson. But still, times might be tough for Cam Newton. Uh, and we saw times tough again for Atlanta against the Philly defense and can they bounce back? You know, usually Julio Jones will have a feast against them. Devontae Freeman in that knee is something that we're watching. Could be a Tevin Coleman game if Freeman can't go, or maybe a Tevin Coleman game even if Freeman can, if that Atlanta running game can get on track. This one, you know, we saw both of these teams, what, Atlanta scored twelve points, Carolina scored sixteen. That sounds about right for this week.
1: Yeah, I feel very uh very along that wavelength as well, lower scoring Tough kind of game here. Atlanta certainly needs the win. Hate to go 0-2 to start the season. Speaking of uh, 0-2, one of the two teams in this next game will be 0-2 after this one. It's both lost in Week 1. I'm guessing I know which one it is, Sigmund, but they are at home. The Chargers heading in to take on the woeful Bills, Sigmund. Do you remember a Week 1 performance as piss poor Is that Bill's one was. Didn't they say
2: it was the expansion Cleveland Browns? (laughs) Um, I mean, really, you can't make this stuff up, right? Uh, Yeah. And that gives you an idea of the ballpark we're in. You know, we'll see Josh Allen. This is your last chance to play Shady McCoy with any sort of uh, confidence. If he doesn't do it this week, then every week we're going to be a little nervous playing him until he strings two or three solid weeks in a row. We'll see if Josh Allen can do that on the Chargers side. You're going to start rivers and Allen and Gordon and Eckler really. I mean, this could be like the new Orleans backfield last year where you're supporting fantasy value for two running backs every week. If the passing game, is also running through them. And there's of course the Williamses. Uh, we saw Buffalo's number two corner, are a real sore spot for that defense. So maybe one of the Williamses could help you out further down. Even Antonio Gates, it's tight end bloodbath mayhem. Um, Antonio Gates against Buffalo. You could do worse.
1: Yeah, tough, tough. Uh, Obviously, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson. Seems like big-time tight ends dropping like flies. Sigmund, you mentioned two teams there. You mentioned the Cleveland Browns and the New Orleans Saints in that answer. And wouldn't you know it, the Cleveland Browns are playing the New Orleans Saints this week. And you mentioned an interesting stat there that that was the worst opener since the expansion, Cleveland Browns. But how about the Cleveland Browns? And I'm sure everyone's heard this by now because this stat has been all over the place. But... I'm gonna say it because it's it's just so mind blowing. The Cleveland Browns at 0-0 and one Sigmund, their best start since 2004. Crazy.
2: I just, I don't, I mean, it really puts things in perspective. You know, I, it really I does. call them the Pet cemetery team, you know, things don't come back right when they come back from the dead. Uh, I think maybe that's New Orleans. I think there's a lot of stories about that too uh, with the voodoo. Um, but I clearly going to need some voodoo to hang in this game. I think uh, New Orleans trying to bounce back. a secondary humiliating opener for their defense. I think their defense is still going to be okay. Uh, Tyra Taylor didn't look good passing downfield. He's still a good streamer because of the scoring potential, because of his running uh, as a quarterback this week um we'll see josh gordon i think get more integrated in the offense jarvis landry gordon might see a lot of Marshawn on ladmore so or jarvis landry is the pick here and david njoku duke johnson this is that second data point you know at some point if it continues in the direction when week one we're going to wonder whether we should roster them but better conditions for that offense new orleans it's Breeze to thomas ted ginn's a little banged up so maybe the rookie traequan smith is going to be a pick to click here or Austin Carr out of the slot even. And we know Alvin Kamara is going to clean up the rest and Ben Watson, like Antonio Gates, you know, at at the end of an excellent career still has enough at the tight end position in a good enough role to be considering a start. And even the new Orleans defense, if you stream defenses, if they got dropped after week one, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance this week.
1: Yeah, they have to. And, And speaking of defenses for what it's worth, that Cleveland defense from a fantasy perspective had a, Really nice week one. Certainly, Ben Roethlisberger had something to do with that as well. But, uh, you know, Cleveland, kind of an interesting D. They're they're very, very talented there. All right. uh, Got a couple good ones here, Sigmund. As we head to Green Bay and the will he won't he is back. Aaron Rodgers, of course, the heroic, amazing. You know, how many superlatives can we use? They're all justified. What that dude did in that Sunday night or coming back, limping down the field. And of course, bringing them back to win and, and putting together a, a good fantasy night for a lot of owners. I'm guessing who thought it was just over and done with when he got carted off the field, but tough test here. And you know, I don't know if Roger's going to play or not. I know he said in the interview with Michelle Tafoya that he'll be out there, but Minnesota heading in a tough defense to face. They look solid against the Niners. How do you see this one playing out, and, and where are you at on Aaron Rodgers?
0: I
2: mean, if Rodgers plays, you play him. There's some risk of injury in game. Uh, they knocked him out. Anthony Barr did last year in this game, and maybe it, yep. it, it, it maybe a hit outside of the rules. But you know, a decent amount of the game of football is played outside of the rules. So, but he, Randall Cobb looks like a good play out of the slot here. Devontae Adams, we're going to watch. I think a shoulder issue so watch out for that and that would make Geronimo Allison more interesting Jimmy Graham another one of these players looking for that second data point if it's another small game for him then we're wondering if we can trust him although a tight end really you know just the potential of an Aaron Rodgers touchdown might be enough on the Minnesota side you saw Cousins to Thielen Cousins to Diggs really working not so much to Cousins to Rudolph he did get the one catch for a touchdown but if he only has one or two catches again this week again that trust factor we're looking to build that trust it's really tough to find it at tight end we do trust Alvin Cook even though we don't trust the offensive line because he's looking so good in the passing game and this early division supremacy game here.
1: Yeah, and uh Davin Cook, I believe, got 81% of the snaps over Latavius Murray, so maybe a little bit of overblown potential with the uh the timeshare there. So it it'll be interesting to see, as you said, another data point for that as well. Um, another interesting one next here, Sigmund, as this is two oh and one teams that we're both very chic picks to be division winners, playoff contenders, all that type of stuff in the same division. Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans, heading into Tennessee to face a team where Marcus Mariota might might not play, really don't know what's going to happen there. What are you thinking about this one, and uh, where do you come down on, on will we see Mariota this week? It seems like we won't.
2: I mean, I would lean towards we see him, but I don't know if that's good for Tennessee. I, I mean, we'll see. I guess there's tingling. I don't know. It may come down to game time. Either way, this is not an offense to count on. Uh, Corey Davis looked really good, so maybe you're going to play him. We're going to watch Johnny Smith. Maybe you have to start him as filling in for Delaney Walker. Hate seeing him go down. And yeah, uh, it's a shame. Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is the best running back in Tennessee. And I actually think they're going to use him like he's the best running back in Tennessee. But as you said, this is a game to avoid going on to 90%, 90 plus percent of the teams going to miss the playoffs. And Tennessee went to the playoffs and Houston, some people had as, you know, someone going deep in the playoffs this year. So they really need this game. Deshaun Watson, of course, we're looking for that bounce back game. Lamar Miller in the running game looked fine. He got vultured by Alfred Blue. DeAndre De- 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 Hopkins would have like 12 or 250 in this game. This could be DeAndre Hopkins just taking over, and Deshaun Watson certainly has the will to give him the opportunity to do that. And you know, then we'll watch um, Bruce Ellington. You know, somebody else can emerge. Will Will Fuller be back? Will Kiki Cutie be back? His undrafted free agent Vincent Smith is not Ryan Griffin, but we know this offense can still be a lot better than what we saw in Week One. Offensive line, willing.
1: Yeah, I think there's a the offensive line is an interesting situation there, and they lost Centurion Henderson for the season as well. Not. A good lineman, per se, but a starting lineman. So yeah. they've got some real issues there. But uh, I think you make a great point about DeAndre. Obviously, we saw Kenny, Kenny Stills uh, have a really nice week against Tennessee. So love that call there. Um, all right, let's stick with the AFC. Speaking of Kenny Stills and a uh, uh, two teams that we might have thought were going to be on one but both sitting at 1-0, uh, one of them with a, a pretty impressive victory on Monday night, the Miami Dolphins heading in to take on the Jets, Sam Darnold fever segment. Yeah, man,
2: the first impressions, and then the whole game—the first impression with Donald. Get excited, Jets fans! It's a more fun yeah. world that Jets fans can be excited. It's awesome. It is, and
1: and and it is so awesome that the Giants drafted a running back. You're going to have to see that guy play in their city for the next 15 years. I love it, segment. Yeah,
2: it, it is going to be fun. Now for fantasy, it's fun if you have Quincy and or picked up Quincy and Nunoa. Uh, Running backs are going to split it down the middle. Yeah. Um, and maybe if Darnold has to throw more, he could even be a viable fantasy star. We'll see about Ryan Tannehill. That was a weird, choppy game. But as you said, that connection with Kenny Stills was in effect. Frank Gore still looks good. So that diminishes a bit. Kenny and Drake's opportunity. But he's still explosive. He's still a big thre- play threat. But as you lined up, the, the surprise game for who's going to challenge New England this year, which mm-hmm. seems to get in their mind some idea that maybe they can play with New England. This is a big game along the way to that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's always one of those AFC East teams, whether it's one of these two or, or like the Bills last year that kind of surprises and wins nine or 10 games. So could be interesting. That's an interesting one there. All right. Um, we got to get to it, Sigmund. You know, while, while 0-0-1 is a hell of a start for the Cleveland Browns, everyone's juiced up. Less of a hell of a start for a Pittsburgh team that was up 21-7, to turned the ball over six times, still had a chance to win it in the end, missed a field goal on X in overtime with a chance to win. Tough spot here as they host a KC team that, as you talked about, you were high on Mahomes, high on the offensive potential there. I mean, couldn't have been a better week one for the Mahomes crew. Um how do you see this one playing out It's a really interesting, maybe the one of the more interesting games on the slate this week?
2: Yeah, this one, as uh, Mark Stopa, one of my colleagues called it, the Chiefs carnival, the offense, it's fun. And we don't know the bounds of what this team can do. Fullbacks catching 36-yard touchdowns downfield, you know. Tyree killed, nobody has an answer for him. As a Steelers fan, faithful, know this offense, know this defense. This is scary. This is a scary game because Mahomes and Hill are definitely in your lineup. It may give Kelsey and Hunt another chance. Watkins, maybe not another chance, but you're still holding them on your bench because this offense has so much potential to be putting up scores in the 30s and 40s every single week. And eventually teams are going to start overplaying, giving Tyreek Hill that Steve Smith treatment, triple coverage, just because you really are going to say – Anybody but him will beat us this week if this is how this continues to go. On the Steelers' side, you've got Road Ben last week, Home Ben this week. Home Ben, good for fantasy football. James Conner, good for fantasy football. Juju and Antonio Brown. Uh, Vince, Vance McDonald might be back this week. Uh, but this is a, a pretty big game early. It's sorting out, again, this theme running. Who's going to potentially challenge New England?
1: Yeah, this is, a again, a really interesting one. And, and remember, we talked last week about how bad Casey's defense could be. And it was. Yeah. The Chargers yeah. had a real chance to they put deliver. up more points. Yeah. And and the Chargers could have scored even more points. A lot of drop passes, a lot of opportunities missed. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one. And uh, like you said, a really important one, really. Maybe, uh, you know, we talked a little bit last week about the Atlanta Philly game being an early season game that could have big repercussions down the line on the NFC playoff picture. This is one of those games for the AFC that that you could certainly look back on and say, wow, it was a monster game. Speaking of the Eagles, they go in to take on Sigmund. I I think uh, if you had guessed the two teams that were going to score the most points last week, I think I probably could have given you 27 or 28 guesses before you got to the New York Jets and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sigmund. The Eagles heading in off a great defensive performance, not a great offensive performance. What do you think about this
2: one? Yeah, that's the thing. We'll see a little more of what Ryan Fitzpatrick has in this game. You know, we remember Sam Bradford had a massive game in game one against the Saints last year. So you like Mike Evans. I think Deshaun Jackson, I would say probably on the doubtful side of questionable at this point. So you like Chris Godwin. Um, I don't know if the game script is going to be good in Philly's run defense is so tough that you look to Peyton Barber. On the Philly side, uh, you know, Zach Ertz is going to get his targets. Nelson Aguilar is going to get his targets. Jay is going to get his carries. Although I think we will see for fantasy that last week was a very good week for him, and this team had a very high rate of scoring via the air in the red zone last year. And when Carson Wentz comes back, we could get. It's going to be a lot tougher for Jai to get those opportunities. I think if they're as efficient as they have been through the air. But you know, Philly, uh, you know, Tampa is looking. To, first of all, Ryan Patrick can win this job. I think with this game. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, how, if Ryan, how
1: crazy is that?
2: If he, I mean, they wouldn't back. Jason light did not back James went, James Winston before the season as the automatic starter when he came back from his injury. So you come out and you beat Philadelphia and new Orleans and Tampa and you go two and 0 you're the starter. I don't care what they would do against Pittsburgh in week three. So that's something to watch here. Um, Philly, you almost feel like Philly could lose this one and they don't care. Like, you know, they, the falls went out on a high visibility game. The horseshoe worked, you know, the luck was there. They got the win, and it, this team could even start one and two or one and three before Wentz comes back, and I think they still have to be feeling great about where
0: they're at.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think uh, – I feel good about the Eagles going down there, but um, I think it could be interesting. I think there's one where the Eagles' offense has to get rolling a little bit. It's a, As we just saw, a defense that can get got – and no Vernon Hargreaves, some injuries in there. It's going to be an interesting one. JPP potentially out as well. I think this could be um, maybe a little higher scoring than expected, but like you said, the Philly defense is legit as well. So another interesting one. All right, one more one o'clocker as we stick with an NFC East team. Those Washington uh, – the Washington football yeah. team down there, the Washington racists, I like to say, have um, – A nice win, and we're going granted against a team that could be really bad, facing another team we're not really sure about, Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts heading into town. What do you think about that? I think there's another intriguing one where I don't know if either of these teams is any good
2: Yeah, and by the time people listen to this, we might know more about if the hurricane is going to affect this game. Yeah, good point. Uh, We'll see, but Washington looked like a really good well balanced team now is it just arizona's defense's offense is that bad or in their defense <laughs> or is, is it the washington <laughs> is, a, is a good team and, and you know indianapolis's defense is bad so you're going to want to play alex smith you're gonna chris thompson and jordan reed are on the same page with him adrian peterson that's fun adrian, a that week fun. when we're talking about adrian peterson and brandon marshall oh you got to love this league uh so you like washington maybe even paul richardson getting deep behind that Colts defense on the Colts side, Andrew Luck reinventing himself. And it's great to have Sundays with him back and he's going to continue to look better and better. Really almost a Tom Brady style peppering the defense with short targets, which really might be a a wise move anyway against Washington with their front seven. And that means Eric Ebron, one of your rescuers for the, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker crowd, um, and Jack Doyle, too. Uh, of course, T.Y. Hilton. We'll see if there's anything downfield for him, but he'll still be involved. And there's not much to see in this backfield. But it, I think it was a big sigh of relief for Indian Week 1. And this team, it's Cincinnati's a, a, you know, at least a solid, mediocre NFL team, which means for them to play them down to the last drive at home, with the roster they have, they're, they're going to be okay with Frank Reich.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think Rike's going to be a good coach. And like you said, it's just fun to see Andrew Luck out there doing Andrew Luck things. And even if he doesn't have the the deep arm that he used to, he's still such a smart quarterback and such a heady guy that I, I think he can be successful as long as his arm works at all. But um, yeah, it's definitely more fun having him back in your life. All right, let's move to the 4 o'clock games. A uh, a tale of two teams here. Is One of them look like the worst teams in football. This past week, and uh, one of them looked like one of the better teams in football. The Arizona Cardinals heading in to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Is this just as simple as a Rams route?
2: It seems like it. You know, this is why I'm concerned a little bit about David Johnson's fantasy stock, because I think there's going to be another game where the Cardinals barely possess the ball. And, uh, you know, Johnson got a garbage time touchdown last week. Otherwise, he would have been a total loss for fantasy. And there's Larry Fitzgerald, although you're going against the Rams and the uh, Oakland barely even tested their cornerbacks, including their nickel corner, who will match up against Fitzgerald a lot of the time. Uh, and on the Rams side, it's play the hits, you know, girly Brandon cooks being used in a much better way. And more than Sammy Watkins, Cooper cup operating in those, it's take, take those again, new England. I'm thinking of doing an offense. Those taking candy from a baby routes, like five, 10 yards, nickel and diming the defense to death. Uh, so the Rams is, is, this is a team for the Eagles listeners fan base. You know, th- th- this is really the team you're looking at as the big boss at the end of the NFC playoff level.
1: I agree with you. And I think there's been a lot of, look, there's a lot of competitive teams. I think a lot of people like Minnesota a lot. Green Bay, obviously has Aaron Rogers. Um, you know, obviously uh, that whole division with the Falcons and the Panthers and the Saints and, and you know, Tampa Bay, I'm not expecting to continue to play well, but it's a stacked conference, Jimmy G all that. But I'm with you. I think the Rams, the most complete team top to bottom other than the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I think they're going to be the two teams standing at the end of it. Um, very with you there. All right. Moving on Two teams that were, you know, hoped to be playoff contenders. Certainly one of them, both own one after week one, one of them in much uglier fashion is those Detroit lions after getting just, just destroy embarrassed. Is Disemboweled. A good word for it. Disemboweled. That is a perfect word for it. Yes. Uh, right in the middle of the field, just guts and desecrating shit their and corpse. Every. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes, that's what happened to them by the New York Jets, no less. Yes, heading into face a uh, a San Francisco team that had uh, kind of a chance at the end, but Minnesota pretty pretty much handled.
2: Yeah. So with Detroit, I think we're officially on the did, <laughs> impressive development. Um, watching i made a huge mistake uh did the
0: yeah <laughs> i've made a huge
2: mistake meeting? i've made a huge tiny mistake yeah i've made a huge mistake is that what the lions are saying right now about matt patricia and you know we're already seeing these leaks about uh the players yes like him. sigmund so the answer is that, yes so when you see that when you see that the dissension among the ranks is getting to the surface already after one week there's doubts there's real doubts and well you see why but fantasy Kenny Galladay stepped up. You play all three of these wide receivers. There's running game. Ha! what running game? You know, defense, (laughs) offensive line's better. What offensive line's better? So San San Francisco, they had a tough game and they kept fighting against Minnesota. But the backfield, you know, there might be something there more fact finding holding on to your San Francisco back. Uh, George Kittle looks like one of the only right answers at tight end. Marquise Goodwin's banged up. Dante Pettis and Jimmy Garoppolo look like they have something special brewing. So file that away, but maybe we'll see them, you know, Detroit doesn't have much of a pass rush it's not Darius Slay. There's some soft spots in that secondary. So we'll see, you know, Pierre Carson gets on track or otherwise the Jimmy Garoppolo we saw last year for the last month of the season. He was taking those shots downfield against Minnesota. He was not backing down from that challenge. And this one might not be much of a challenge.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think Matt, Patricia, the most uninspiring, you know, first week head coach I remember in a while. I mean, he's he was uninspiring in the Super Bowl. You go back and watch the Mike Dup stuff and all that stuff. It's just Belichick being like, you know, don't let them do this. And then he just lets them do yep. it. I mean, it was – I mean, he – does not seem like a very good coach, and I think the whole Belichick coaching tree. There's a reason that a lot of those guys aren't well, uh, aren't successful. Well, because
2: you can't just do things the way Belichick does them.
1: Exactly, and, makes, and I yeah. also think that Belichick. And this is just a, a this is total conjecture, a a take as it were. Yeah, I think Belichick hires people underneath him who are not necessarily equipped to be head guys themselves. I think there's something that he sees, something he knows because Belichick's that like, this is my team, my thing and I don't think he ever is going to bring anyone in who's really going to challenge him in that way and I think there could be something to that and I know that's very, uh, it's a big look, leap Look, The important take, thing but, here was just pointed out on
2: Twitter, Matt Patricia had like a, a pen or pen- pencil in his hair pencil, yeah. pencil in his hair even though he has a laminated play sheet, so
1: <laughs> Yep, that's Matt Patricia Super quick break from Sigmund. Awesome stuff. We'll get right back to Sigmund, but it's week two of the football season, which means that you have a second shot at victory. That's right. I'm talking about DraftKings. Bragging rights and huge cast prizes are all up for grabs all season long at DraftKings. The leader in one-week fantasy sports. This weekend, week two, DraftKings has over $2 million in total prizes, and you can play for free with your first deposit to compete for your share with one-week fantasy at DraftKings. You choose when you play. You get to draft a new team every week, which is my favorite part. You know, beholden to a failed first-round pick or an injury. All you got to do is choose your players, stand under the cap, and then start to beat on the competition. No matter what your skill level is, there is a contest for you at DraftKings. So, if you've been thinking about trying... One-week fantasy football. Now is your time. I mean, there's no reason not to do it. I'm telling you, as someone who's played fantasy football for 20 years, one-week fantasy daily stuff is so much fun. It's a new, fresh thing every week. It's a blast because nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line. So do this. Do it right now. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com right now. Use the code GOBIRDS. One word, GOBIRDS to enter a free contest this weekend with your first deposit and complete and compete for your share over $2 million in prizes. Again, that's code GOBIRDS only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Now back to Sigmund. All right, speaking of bad coaches, John Gruden's back, segment, heading in to take on Vance Joseph, who might be the worst of all these coaches that we just mentioned. We just went from Matt Patricia to John Gruden to Vance Joseph. Oakland and Denver, what do you think about this one?
2: Well, Oakland at least looks somewhat respectable on offense, for half or so. Uh, Marshall Lynch can still play, but at, Dan- he can. at Denver, how about that picture of Marshall Lynch in high school? I was-
1: oh, the, uh, oh, and just the, the memes that it uncanny, necessitated. Yeah. Or like, you know... Uh, spawned, I should mm-hmm. say. What, awesome. Our, awesome. Our, our, all of our multiple faces, all the masks that we wear. Uh, but, a lot of me at this time versus yeah, me exactly, at this
2: time exactly. jokes. Uh, yes. um, Amari Cooper, as a rookie, Amari Cooper right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, you're going to put him back in your lineup after what happened week one. It's Yeah, it was the Rams corners, but there's the Denver corners. It, I think Jared Cook against Denver looks like a fantastic play. It's a good matchup as it is. He's hot right now, and you watched him last week and you remember that steve spurrier actually compared him to calvin johnson when he's back at south carolina i mean he's he's that rare of an athlete and whenever it's married to football skills it's a beautiful thing to watch
1: yeah, Amari Cooper is such an interesting name, too, because he wasn't very good last year either, and I know John Gruden said he's going to bring oh, it back. But.
2: On the Denver side, too, uh, Royce Freeman could have a better game. Oh, Phillip yeah,
1: Philip Lindsay. The, uh, Lindsay uh, yeah. What, what do you think well, about that? satellite there? backs,
2: Deion Lewis, um, Austin Eckler, Chris Thompson, Philip Lindsay, You're know, redefining what can make for every week fantasy relevance in these PPR leagues. Uh, and Emmanuel Sanders looks like the number one. Now, Case Keenum has a good matchup against Oakland, so Denver usually gets off to good starts and looks like uh, they've got a good chance to go 2-0.
1: All right, one of the uh, best games on the slate, the last of the four o'clock games, but maybe not one of the best fantasy games. New England heading into Jacksonville rematch of the AFC Championship game segment.
2: Oh, can't wait. Um, You know, on the New England side, they already are in short passing mode. Um, You know, you're going to get Gronk, although he wasn't a big factor in the AFC Championship game. We'll see about Philip Dorsett. I think James White. Rex Berghead's coming back from a concussion, by the way. We just find out today. So James White looks good. We'll see if Sonny Michelle's ready. Again, all this points back to James White. Maybe not Tom Brady. Maybe this is a week that you know, you're know you you're playing a Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady this week, for instance, to put these two back in the same sentence. On the Jacksonville side, nobody's going to emerge in the passing game that you want to rely on. Leonard Fournette, I would imagine, is going to be out. Uh, you, I think if you have Fournette, you don't want to play this week because the risk of re-injury and turning a two- or three-week thing into a six- or eight-week thing. Just let him rest, you know. So T.J. Eldon.
1: It's a great point. Yeah, and T.J. Eldon's been – looked good. Yeah, he's competent. He's fine. He's
2: competent in a good situation, a good line. Agree. Agree, got, got yeah, yeah. This is a popcorn game. This is a forget-your-fantasy lineups game and just enjoy yeah. it.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I love the, the forget-your-fantasy lineups games. Um, this is certainly – one of those. See when I the when football's back to I, I one of the things that I forget how much I love is the all the theme songs. Sunday night football, definitely the best theme song, right? The dun 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 yeah. dun dun dun. dun, dun. I think it's the best if I had to choose well but, Monday Night Football though I mean that's classic I mean that yeah it is it is the, but I, th- I don't know Monday Night, I don't
2: know the, the Monday Night Football song kind of defo- well actually if you really want to go back to it we got to go back to the NFL films you know
1: well, well yes of course we're going to do like roundup and, and classic battle and all the you know It all. it's all the frozen tundra
2: right. and all that the NFL films it's all spawned the whole mood of football as something like operatic and Grand and epic and scale, like those NFL films. Steve Sable, rest in peace.
1: Yeah, rest a legend. We, we, like so I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand look, what an impact you're got, that you're getting me have. off
2: on a tangent now. All right.
1: Well, what else We're is going, there?
2: going inside <laughs> no, but really, you know, James, doing what we do, you know, getting to preen and hear ourselves talk about football and call it a job, and and and, he and everybody out there who's the lifeblood of, of this industry and supports it. Steve Sable open the portal to this Steve Sable and his dad really changed the way the country viewed and thought of football and the power I mean the power, we, we were bombarded with moving images now but the power of the moving image back then and the way it was framed and presented um, it, it to this day affects how you and I even if you never seen an NFL films piece it affects how we see football and it makes it mythological.
1: Yeah. And romanticizes it and all that type of stuff. I actually, I saw uh, a championship season. It was called at the man music theater, where it was the Philadelphia orchestra playing over old and film stuff and all the Super Bowl stuff and all that, and they had a bunch of, like, Ed Sable cut-ins. And, um, yeah, If or, I mean, Steve Sable and Ed Sable, but mostly Steve Sable stuff. And um, if you uh, yeah, if you don't know about the NFL film, film's history and all the old stuff, it is, if you're a football fan, it's certainly worth your time digging into that. But this is a fantasy podcast. Sigmund, we'll get to Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom in just a minute. Two more games to go. Sunday nighter. It's always nice to see an 0-1 Giants team take on an 0-1 Dallas team.
2: Ah, well put. Uh, <laughs> you know Saquon Barkley, I get it now. I'm, you know, if he spent that pick in the mid first round, you're gonna get your return. I might have prefer him to Elliott on the other side of this one. Um, Odell Beckham, it doesn't matter who he's playing. Uh, we'll see about Evan Engram with some dropsies. We'll Sterling Shepard should be okay. And we'll see about Eli Manning, who maybe missed a few plays. His offense sometimes also didn't help him. Um, Dallas, on the other hand, this is one of those offenses that can't get the engine to turn over. You know, they're just sitting in the dry bears, And there's no number one receiver. Cole Beasley, you know, could be your bi-week injury emergency depth. Dak Prescott. I saw Brian Broaddus, a former scout who does a lot of good Cowboys analysis. People pointing out that Dak's hanging on to the ball too long and stuck in between, like hanging in the pocket and, and looking downfield and running. And he said, look for maybe a lot more running. So for fantasy, that might actually help things for Dak Prescott. But I still think this is going to be one of the worst five offenses in the league. So you're going to play Ezekiel Elliott, but you're lowering your expectations for him. And the Giants have a good run defense.
1: Totally agree. I just don't think Dak is very good. And well, he's not. He's, he he's
2: like a frog. He's like an environment yes. sensitive. You know? Did you
1: say a frog? Yes, yeah. I agree. Like, like <laughs> environment, not a fraud. fraud. No, it's a good way to put it. If he has the one of the best offensive lines of all time, an all time running back, a great receiver, a great tight end, he'll be fine. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> all right uh, last game of the week Monday night interesting one 2-0-1 teams who both played really close games one obviously more crippling than the other the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson's throwing to you and me segment taking on the Chicago Bears yeah oh Chicago what happened Poor Chicago man! What a fun first half uh, that must have been with Khalil Mack uh, doing his thing and Matt Nagy calling all these fun plays and Mitch Trubisky uh, looking like a star, and then it just like Aaron Rodgers just said, "Yeah,
2: I own your soul." Get out! of, of, of here! Uh, yeah, did you
1: forget? Did you forget what we do here? Yeah, like, did you forget what heart this heart was?
2: Shows it to you all. It's still be bleeding, a uh, beating and bleeding. You
1: know, Seattle, no
2: Doug Baldwin. I think Brandon Marshall can have fantasy relevance, and so can Tyler Lockett, not so much the running backs. Um, And Russell Wilson, no matter what conditions he's playing under, can create fantasy value. We'll see. I think we're going to see Chicago maybe not quite at the Jacksonville uh, Rams level, maybe at the Philadelphia level, Minnesota level, although Minnesota might be moving up uh, into the penthouse too, in terms of defenses that every week really give their opponents a tough time. And then on the Chicago side, I can't recall a game with two they have so different. Maybe that Baltimore-San Francisco Super Bowl, you know?
1: Yeah, just for, two, for good
2: reason, two right? Yeah. Blackout. New Orleans, voodoo. Uh, just two halves so different uh, because, as you said, with the offense look great, Trubisky look great. Like You would be thinking about starting Trubisky. Seattle secondary has some players to pick on, for sure. Allen Robinson becomes more interesting because of that. And Trey Burton, another one of these players, were looking for that second data point. Jordan Howard, for a somewhat boring fantasy game, you have to be really excited about what you're going to get from him. He really is a three-down back. He really is more involved in the passing game and uh this one's gonna be really fun and both of these teams you know could have come out week one winners and especially for seattle at denver you know that that they russell wilson is gonna drag this team we'll see on monday night under the lights if he can do that or if this is one where chicago can actually put a complete game together
1: russell wilson and the punter don't forget that punter. Nixon, yeah. He's amazing. Awesome. See, I've never seen anything like it. That dude is awesome. Yeah. The, punter that, He's a the weapon. punter that Jacksonville wanted when they passed on Russell Wilson for a punter. There you go. What a, what a, what a great decision that was. All right. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Sigmund bloom. Of course, footballguys.com. The audible eight days a week with Cecil Lammy. Sigmund, it is time to go inside your mind. My favorite time of the week. As usual, it is a four-pack of just weird questions that uh, that have nothing to do with each other. So let's dive in. That's what makes it so fun. Question number one, if you could domesticate any wild animal and have it as a pet, what would it be and why?
2: Mm. I love reptiles, but I mean, you don't really have to domesticate reptiles. Like they just kind of like to hang. Okay. So, But I, I think I've, you know, I, I can give you an answer along this line because I've seen amazingly that some of these animals do seem to be domesticated. It's the most intelligent reptile uh of the family the lizard the monitor these monitors could you imagine like some because some of these monitors like the komodo dragons you know mm-hmm. um that even here in the u.s we have the gila monsters you know they yeah. they, they they can get like, the monitors can get like five or six feet long you know it's not tiny with with and they, you know they have like uh venomous saliva and all kinds of amazing things so if you could just be walking around with one of those on a leash
1: <laughs> i love that that's an He's image, man. A that's an image yeah. that is an image no one is messing with you if you have a six footer on the right, with like rhinestones or a pink yeah pole, you know oh yeah and they're still not messing with you um speaking of pets shout out to my dog millie who spent the first five minutes of this podcast being incredibly annoying and growling and all this stuff and now she's napping like an angel mm-hmm. so shout out to millie also for those who don't know how seriously i take inside the mind of sigmund bloom Sigmund, I'm 70 pages into the stand. I've started it. Oh, okay. I've taken taken your recommendation. I think it's great. He's such a good writer. I can't believe I've waited this long to read him. Um, All right, question number two. Zombie apocalypse. All guns and weapons of mass destruction are gone. They're not a factor. They can't work. Whatever you want to say. It's old school style. Sigmund, zombie apocalypse, and you have the choice of one weapon. Any weapon that, again, is not a gun or a weapon of mass destruction. What weapon are you choosing?
2: Oh, I mean, it would, I would want it to be something with, um, some, some, you know. It's funny because what I really want is the equivalent of hypnosis, but for zombies. But can, can you hypnotize <laughs> your a, mind goes there? Can you hypnotize a zombie? I don't think so. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um. I, I i'm i'm picturing I, it's really answer the question sincerely i'm picturing any number of things that you use to maintain your lawn you know uh, yes probably i mean really actually it's just, we can just go right to not the lot grass but the tree like the chainsaw because so that was that kind of get a gas power chainsaw and a lot of gas yes I mean,
1: oh hell yeah that'd, be, that good, that, a good that'd be kind of fun it'd be fun until they finally got you i think that'd be good yeah um a uh, plane. How about that as a, a weapon? Would that work just to like get away from people? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Outside the box. All right. Uh, what is your best and worst food take? And by this, I mean, obviously everyone thinks their food yeah. takes are good, but what is the food yeah. take you get the most shit for? And what is the food take that is universally people like, yeah, Sigmund, I totally agree with that.
2: Yeah. um, Well, there's a few places here in Austin that are off the beaten path, not as well known for Tex-Mex that I think are absolutely – I'll just say Habanero uh, is one. And I mean, I feel like I know Austin's food. And if you want to know where to go here and to avoid the hype – I, I in general, I'll, I will steer you in the right direction. I'll be happy to do that. I also know the hack for Franklin Barbecue, by the way. I just went to Franklin Barbecue today and got about three pounds of food for twelve bucks. There's a there, there's a chopped beef sausage sides, the famous Franklin Barbecue. There's a secret. Maybe if you're nice, I'll tell you the secret. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, right. But uh, 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 that's a big deal. Someone is going to ask you for. Oh, the I know, I know, and I know. Franklin's is legend, but, but I have it. But I have I have to keep it. You know. It's, if it gets out, then we ruin it. So that's kind of yeah. Of course,
1: of course. Yeah, we got to be smart about it.
2: My worst food, judicious. Take, yeah, worst food take probably is that I, I really love sour candy. I mean, that those artificial like corn syrup based, you know, just stuff that's probably like rotting your teeth and diabetes, and I can just sit there sometimes and get in the eating zone with any kind of sour candy. And I know that it's not anything resembling real food. I used to love Twizzlers too. So there's certain candy that it's quotes food, but I love it.
1: Sigmund, give me sour candy, any of it. I don't care. It's sour it, candy. I try it, them all. No, I have a mission in all life of them. to make sure. I that. could sit there all night and eat them till I died of diabetes because <laughs> right, I kept eating. Your body starts throat. to like yes.
2: permeate and get crusted with the the. Yes, sugar.
1: until my body shuts down. Like it's like, nope, nope, can't do this like, anymore. Uh, Jack
2: Nicholson at the end of The Shining, like you'd be in mid, like one more going towards your mouth when you would just keel over.
1: Yes, that Let's is exactly it. correct. So, so I think that is a great food take. I don't care what anyone else says. All right, final question, and and it's totally just like a totally different type of question than the one I just asked. And I'm asking it purposefully this way: artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. yes or no?
2: Okay, so you're just leaving this wide open. Um,
1: exactly, that is why I asked the question that way.
2: I am going to say yes. Yes, artificial intelligence. <laughs> yes, and I will say yes, artificial intelligence, because for all we know, we are artificial intelligence. And I mean, in oh, some in some it. ways, I love it. In some ways, it's just um. So now we're really going to get out there, James. Uh, I love it, it. That's what we do. Un- turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles. I mean, the universe. The universe <laughs> is infinite, and it circles back on itself. Like we're not. We're not. We're not on something that's finite. It's kind of like we're on the surface of a ball, and everywhere to, every like we are on Earth. You know, in every direction you look, you just see more of what you're in. There's not an end to it. You can go around to the end, just come back to the beginning. So, really, you know, what is what are we? You know, what is any life? I mean, it. It's, you're given this these things to to gather some sort of data. You have some sort of system in you that reacts to the stimulus, and you have. Organs, and you know, specialized cells and things that know how to handle the stimulus and, and create action that propagates our, our, our genes, you know. It's really like everything It's just genes forward themselves, even though we have this ego and this mind on top of this that makes us think we're some sort of special thing. We're not. We're just like all the other things. Uh, we can just ponder ourselves. So we're just rules that come out of gathering data from a system and how to act on those rules. Exactly what anybody who's coded any kind of software knows what they're constructing. You know, And we don't have to get into God or intelligent design or whether it was all just run the program for billions of years. and Eventually it gets to this level of complexity. So it's very arrogant or haughty of us to think of ourselves as different or separate from the things that we create to be in the world because we create that framework of rules because some framework of rules created us
1: i love that that is so good that's That's what what happens when you give me an open-ended question that's what happens (laughs) that's why i did it i i I was dying to hear your answer because i knew you would have a good one and um and that's what i love about this segment is that we can go from talking fantasy football to talking about turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles um all right add Sigmund bloom on twitter uh footballguys.com the Audible with Cecil Lammy. He never stops. Seriously, follow him on Twitter. Sigmund's a great Twitter follow. It's fun. He has, kind of, you know, makes jokes and all that good stuff, but he also provides a ton of fantasy football information, under the radar stuff, beat writer stuff, follows a ton of those guys. So um, really, really worth your time. Uh, Sigmund, until next week, my friend. Always a pleasure. Such a pleasure as always, Sigmund. Of course, we'll be back with me next week to break down the week three slate. Good luck to everyone out there. This weekend, if you have any start-sit advice you need or anything like that, check out our show on GoBirds Facebook page Sunday morning. I believe on the Sports Radio WIP Facebook page as well gambling and fantasy advice we do that every single week so that is always a good time as well and uh and again good luck to everybody this weekend you can also tweet me at james seltzer or at sigmund bloom if you have any start cyst questions or anything like that otherwise good luck again this weekend and until next week go birds